Okay. Sorry. I couldn't help it. All right. Hello, and welcome to Stasis Pod, the Transformers Robots in Disguise podcast. I'm Rob. I'm Jen. Where are you guys? I can't see the mic. Oh, I can't no. I can't hear you. Are you there? I, I'm podcasting. I'm David. Hello? <laughs> Hello? And yes, as David indicates, this episode is out of focus. Uh, you may notice that your podcast keeps the, the, vi- the video keeps coming in and out, so you won't be able to see us this time. Oh no. You cannot control the horizontal. You cannot control the vertical. Hopefully you can hear me. <laughs> this is episode 13 of Robots in Disguise. Uh, first aired June 13th, 2015, uh, written by Adam Beechin, who is, I think, like the showrunner for this. So he has written a bunch. Yeah. He wrote the pilot and he wrote, uh, trust exercises. So he's doing, he does like a lot of the, Plot-heavy episodes. Mm-hmm. Oh, so he gets stuck with the Optimus Prime episodes? Yes. Apparently, because mm. I guess that's an important meta plot. Yeah, Optimus Prime is back this episode. You wouldn't know that it's important meta plot by anything happening here, but it's happening. So we're just going to have to trust that it's important meta plot. Yes. So, once more, the Autobots are mad at each other. Bumblebee's just saying his, like, focus meditations out loud. And meanwhile, it is time for the airing of grievances. Yes! <laughs> you know, Sideswipe is too lazy, Strongarm is too bossy, Grimlock is too clumsy. Aww, no, Grimlock is perfect, how dare. <laughs> Fixit has all manner of personal problems. Yes! But thankfully, it's go find a Decepticon time. Yay! Hmm. Fortunately, Fixit finds four, four whole Decepticon signals. Uh, and then they have to actually go do a thing and not just stay there fighting with each other. That's okay, yes. because they they are perfectly good at fighting with each other in the field. Yes. So, yep, it's, uh, it's hmm. time for another Bumblebee catchphrase. Okay, Autobots, let's hit the trail. It's not the worst. Yeah, this is, um... It would be better if he was Hound. Hound well, could and also Sideswipe that. is feeling rhymy because he's all, because B wants to bail. <laughs> yeah, it's not like a really inspiring setting saying, but it's probably the best of the seven he's done so far. Yes. It's not as cringy as let's bug out. <laughs> no, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just not memorable. Yeah. So they, they head out, Sideswipe and Strongarm are still bickering. They find a bunch of stasis pods that have been opened from the inside. <gasps> it's not really that scary. It's just they woke up and tore themselves out. <laughs> Meanwhile, in another dimension, <gasps> My Optimus God. Prime is training with Master Roshi. <laughs> in another dimension, <laughs> in the next dimension... Yes. Home for infinite losers. <laughs> Optimus Prime is being... Oh, wow! It does kind of look like that because there's a lot of fog and, like, there's a weird colored sky. Yeah, Optimus he's... Prime is being hassled by Micronus. Oh, wow. Prime in Hiffle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's either in another dimension or he's on the back of a Decepticon toy from 1987. <laughs> yes. Like the box back. It's it's very uh, big packaging combat scene background. Yeah. 
So yeah, th- we are getting into the thirteen. I mean, it is episode thirteen, so oh yeah, that's fine. Is um, this? No, I mean, we did get. I guess all we got were like static paintings of primes yeah. in in prime, and like half of them were just fuzzy little blurs. And I think yes. this guy is one of the fuzzy little blurs. And they, oh, he's the small one. Well, which, even which, like, when this episode originally aired, I didn't even realize he was supposed to be like one of the thirteen primes. But maybe I wasn't paying attention. He was just this little floating Yoda guy who doesn't talk like Yoda, but he's got that Yoda level mentor. Bad Confucius saying thing going on. And he's also got, green. He's got Yoda attitude. Yes. He's definitely yeah. got Yoda attitude. But yes, this is Micronus. He's one of the primes. He's the prime of minicons, which is why he's very small. Not uh, like but- ridiculously small, just reasonably small. Also, I have a lot of, like, after last episode, I have a lot of questions about minicons and where they might fit into Transformer life cycles. Because Drift's babies were, like, kids. And it sort of felt like that was meant to be why they were small, but minicons are not, I mean, it's like little people. They're not... Right. Children, they're adults. No, they're, small. And they're in fact the they're the descendants of Micronus Prime. Yes. So I guess it's just coincidental that they are minicons. Drift's babies are minicons, but also young. Which, like, if we're going by that logic, it just makes things more confusing. Because isn't there only one animal Prime? Yes. Yes, Onyx so- Prime. Half of the Decepticons are descended from that guy who... Is that the one that looked like a centaur with a heart on? Yes. I mean, sometimes he's also <laughs> actually uh, shockwaving in a fursuit. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah. But, uh, no, and... Uh, that was of- definitely a meta plot there. That was a serious meta plot with shockwave going back in time and setting himself up as... Oh, man. Anyway... Sorry, IDW was on crack sometimes. Uh, yeah, he doesn't sound like Yoda. No. Uh, but he does sound like actor Adrian Pazdar. <gasps> Who is that? Why do I know that name? Uh, let's see. He was, he was, he was in Heroes. That... Um, he was, uh, he was Glenn Talbot on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Okay, I gotta look this up because th- th- he was always one of my favorite recurring characters. Barely. barely. Yeah. Because he would just show up and like mess with Coulson for like an episode or two. <laughs> Yes. Oh, he was the military oh, guy, right? Guy. Yeah, he was the military guy yeah, with the mustache. I, I'm, yeah, I mostly remembered him by remember him by his hair and his mustache. Yeah. Yes, he had that mustache, and Good apparently cheese. he's also like um, Iron Man in a lot of cartoons. Really, that's interesting. Yes. And uh, um, actually, what I just saw him in because I watched a bunch of old horror movies for Halloween. He's the lead in Near Dark, mm-hmm. the excellent. Um, Catherine Bigelow vampire movie. Hmm. I need to watch more scary movies. I mean, that's it's it's basically Adrian Pazdar and the James Cameron players. Mm-hmm. Oh, because it also has Lance Henriksen, Bill Paxton, <gasps> yes. and Jeanette Goldstein. Yeah, I, I, I've heard about that one. It's supposed to be like, wait, didn't it's it come really out the good. same year as um, uh, Lost or yeah, Lost Boys? Same year as Lost Boys. It's less 80s. Like, it, it, it the vampires are very less glamorous. They're more yeah. like murderous drifters. Yeah, sort of dirtbag vampires. I mean, they're led by Lance Henriksen. <laughs> well, yes. 
Oh man, the picture of him on the TF wiki is actually of him and Talbot and man, that hair and that mustache. <laughs> So yeah, he is uh, he is putting him through his paces. He's just given him this this new fancy sword. Which okay, so they refer to it as being like a special Decepticon hunter. Yes. So are Decepticons like apostates? <laughs> I mean, we do find out that they are actually later this season. They will be working for the Robot Devil. I mean, okay, uh, that's fine. Like, because that's like, so, that's not something you do with like the the side of your people that you politically disagree with. No. Well, well, okay. If you, if you're the good guys, it's a bad look. As as a white person, I am well aware of my heritage and. <laughs> This matter. I realize that there are some people who absolutely would believe that that is a thing that deities yeah, would but do. It, it, it's like bad branding because, like that—that's the thing the other Autobots are using. Well, not the this upgraded whatever version. They're using regular Decepticon hunters. It's it's odd. This is a god sword. He's got a, a god <laughs> sword now. Yes. And the this test is to climb this basketball. <laughs> Basically, it's a very large basketball, and he's like, "Well, you know, this this you, this is obviously some sort of trap. What's what's the t- catch? And the catch is, it's a bunch of humans." <gasps> oh my god! And also, a scary robot without a head. <laughs> yeah. Yes. When you first see him, like his design reminds me of well. A better version of um Tank from GoBots. Hmm. Oh yeah, who was like the big blue guy with like that shaped head? Only mm-hmm. Tank had a face. This guy just has an eye slit, light thing. Yes, no head. It's really creepy. But it, it turns out the design will later be recycled as an actual guy. Yes, who has a head. Yeah. So this is a decapitated person, is what you're saying. He's in the afterlife fighting headless zombies. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, um, oh, um, um, oh, what's the IDW thing where they change body parts? I've already forgotten all those terms. Uh, shadow, it's a... no, it's, uh, shadow plays where they mess with your head because that always yeah. gets the Joy Division song of, for which it was <laughs> named stuck in my head. I was just gonna say oh. it's, uh, it's Ichabod Prime and the, uh, the, the headless, uh, Decepticon. Oh, oh that, that's like an episode that they really should do, because th- this this is sort of like a truncated neck thing where a head could be, but like having an entire missing neck and head as a Transformer, ooh, that would be... That's what a Headmaster should be! Like a guy ripping off heads, because he's a haunted Emperata. ghost Emperada. Oh, that's Emperata. right. Emperada. Mm-hmm. Oh, Emperada. Also... Also, Emperada also brings us back to crazy IDW Shockwave's backstory. Yes. yes. Where he went back in time and became a god for lols <laughs> to troll people. Uh, IDW Shockwave was very weird take on Shockwave. 
while being very shockwave. Yes. Yes. Meanwhile, in the world of the living, uh, Bumblebee calls in to fix it to see, hey, we have four guys here. We're going to like four team, four like team members. Not completely ignoring, this could just be four random guys who decided to team up. Or just four random guys who happen to all be like next to yeah. each other on the ship. And yes. Now they're in a buddy film. Now they're in Con Air. Yes. Oh, man, listen. Bad news. We've got Cyrus the Virus. Uh, we've got, uh, we've got, uh, Diamond Dog. Got Swamp Thing. And you've got, uh, whoever Steve Buscemi was playing. Oh, wow. Who was definitely some sort of serial killer. Yeah. Yeah, that's Steve Buscemi. Uh, if, if I remember correctly, they said he made the Manson family seem like the Partridge family. Ha <laughs> <laughs> joke, but decent line. Because. That movie mm-hmm. is amazing. That's some good action movie dialogue there. <laughs> anyway, it turns out there was a four-man team, and that is Malodor and his Skunkticons. Oh, Skunkticons. Skunkticons. That um, that's such a specific thing that is really entertaining, and I'm really annoyed they never got toys because they were an army building group waiting to happen. Yes. Oh, yeah. Skunks are mustelids, so it feels like they should be in yeah. some kind of family with like otter cons and <laughs> fisher cons and other various weasel cons. Well, much later we do get another skunkticon who is based on the Zorillo or the Zorilla, which is a polecat. Mm-hmm. Ooh, polecats as as in like a a pre-domesticated ferret? Uh, it's the, or is then like a skunk? It says of. it's the striped polecat. It is in the mustelid family. Okay. Also known as the, it's the striped polecat, also called the African polecat, the zoril, the zoril, the zorilla, the cape polecat, or the African skunk. Okay. So, so fun, uh, zoological trivia. Yes. European polecats are what ferrets were domesticated from, uh, and if you look them up on YouTube, they basically just look like classic mm. bandit ferrets. Mm. Uh, but also the term polecat is used in America as slang for skunks, uh, and, you know, also, I guess there's like, like also a zillion African... things, yeah. I think, are polecats. It's sort of one of those terms that just gets thrown around but i mm-hmm. i do think that a polecat is very descriptive of ferrets in the same sort of cat snake sense because they're <laughs> they're like cats but they are long sometimes they get on a pole there was a very adorable youtube video of one like on a fence post being very angry that was that was his pole can't have it he's polecat yeah. So, so these guys' whole deal is that they spray you with a toxin, and that messes with your senses. That comes out of their tails because yes. they're skunks. Yes, I like them a lot. So immediately, you know, B thinks, you know, maybe we should go back. You know, the, the, their tracks, and they're headed to the everybody take a drink automated <laughs> dam. Yay! It, it and it is specifically the one that Sealjaw and his group are believed to be holed up in. Yes. Uh, though they are not currently there, as we will find out shortly. But yes, it's time for the automated dam. Oh, did did, did I zone out? Did you mention that, that Bumblebee's talking about herding cats? Yes. He does okay. mention... I did zone out. 
the that is like herding domesticated earth felines. Yes, yeah. we did not. Mention we hadn't that. quite oh, gotten okay. to that no. yet because he mentions that after he mentions the automated dam. Mm-hmm. Oh, this I, is, this, I this thought, is the oh, third right. time we've been to this dam because also Thunderhoof stole a generator from there. Oh yes. yeah, they're going to oh. wonder who keeps busting holes in this thing. Yeah, well, they they aren't because it's there. automated, and so <laughs> just the whole place could just get leveled by a tornado, and no one would notice. Well, until the city flooded. <laughs> yes, and also the power stopped working. Yes, all of the like citywide blackout. Like this is a dam, as we'll find out in this episode, that could flood at least part of the city and the surrounding area. You'd think they'd at least have, like, a security guard on staff in case of worst case or something? Just one guy? You would it's think fine. so. They've got alarms. Yeah. <laughs> they've, they've got a, they've got a Simply Safe subscription. <laughs> uh, so, B is, you know, he thinks, you know, we should go back to the scrapyard and get, like, goggles or something. I'm not sure where we'd get, like, several pairs of giant goggles or whatever exactly we're supposed to get, but nope, Grimlock just goes right in there and everybody follows him. Yep. Because he is not bright, uh, Sideswipe is not wise, and Strongarm just wants to go tell everyone to stop being such doofuses. (laughs) And yes, that's when Bumblebee says that they are, like, hurting domesticated Earth felines. Yes. Uh, so back in uh, back in the home for infinite losers, Optimus Prime <laughs> is getting some balls in the face. <laughs> yes. Oh no! All the simulated people are going to die, and then Prime will have to have the disc of himself ripped up. Well, no, that's the thing. These aren't simulated people. These are real people. Very real. It, oh, yes, to- totally real. It, it's okay. Prime never questions that. Really. Really? Really, dude? Like, do you really? Th- because he's like, Micronus, why Why would you bring these innocent humans here to endanger them like this? Like, th- thinking, you know, that's a question that you should maybe internalize for a second, Optimus, and think, maybe these are not real humans. <laughs> no, yeah, he is 100% absolutely convinced that this nominally good deity... <laughs> Has brought innocent Earth people into hell. This um, this episode makes Prime look real bad, real dumb, and real gullible. You know, to be <laughs> fair, dude's dead. Like he's yeah. probably got some brain fog going on. He's like, he's a little confused. And again, this I'm... is kind of what happened to his Generation One comics counterpart as well. Yeah, but. But that version killed himself that after yes. the version, events of this episode, basically. That version did know that yes, he the people know. Were, were a simulation, but yes. the fact that he allowed them to die... It's the principle of the thing. Yes, he he <laughs> committed suicide. He committed seppuku by the principle of the thing. Was that even though they weren't real, if, I don't know... He did let them die, and that was wrong and bad, and he needed to be saved to a floppy disk and then have the disk torn up by hand. <laughs> and yet, at, at the end of the episode, this old, this Prime, before he finds out, oh, they weren't even real at all, 
like he's like nah whatever it's bad but i'm not going to punish myself for it. that one g1 comic is just so weird and thinking about it in context of this episode like that wasn't a good prime but this prime ain't great either in this episode <laughs> Very weird. So yeah, he gets a bunch of balls shot at him. They turn into like little goblin mini cons. Yeah, which is oh, it, it is a, a mini con that does show up later. The yes. I think it's green. I don't. Know it's either it's back or fourth, I believe. Oh, one of those two guys. Oh, right. <laughs> Wait, I think I might actually have. They those have clever little names. Yes. Yeah. One of those guys. So, yeah, he's fighting them. We cut back to cut back to the damn. The Autobots get there. They've got their and battle masks on. Yes. Except for Grimlock, because he doesn't have one. That's Aww. why his teeth are so messed up. Maybe. Aww. They're always getting... <gasps> That's why they wear them. They're protective equipment. <laughs> so they're not getting punched in the jaw. Yeah. So, yeah, and nobody's there. They're all, well, I don't know, maybe uh, maybe the electricity is masking them. And then they just show up, because it turns out the Skunktacons aren't very fast. Nope. And I like how three of them don't ha- even have names. Also, nope. them not being very fast, important plot point for later. Yes. yes. Stick a and pin in that. Also accurate, because skunks are not very fast. No. They're just kind of strolling along. And uh, the head skunkticon, Malodor. Hey, uh, did, did you guys uh, you guys hear about this? Yeah. That's that's my bad Jay Leno impression because he also famously did a Jay Leno impression. This is Daniel Roebuck. Uh, you know when they made like that TV movie of uh, the Letterman Leno feud? Uh huh. No. What? I yeah, this was like that. in the night. I think it was on. Was it on HBO? I think. Maybe. Yeah, something Called, like that. Uh, the Late Shift. Okay, and so in theory, I might have seen it, but I do not remember that being a thing. I don't so, think I have seen it, but I absolutely remember it being, like, a heavily promoted thing. So Letterman was played by John Michael Higgins. Um, he was one of the professors on Community, I believe. Mm-hmm. He's all... Uh, all I remember is John Oliver. Okay, it's not John Oliver. Um, and what about he's John also, Oliver? <laughs> uh, he's also Mentok the Mind Taker. Oh, yes, take the mines. <laughs> okay, now now you got my attention. There you go. Now yeah, now you've uh he's on board. He does have that kind of like sort of fussiness going here. Not nearly quite well, well, so no, melodramatic, but that's the other guy. That is Letterman. Oh, oh, Daniel okay. Roebuck was Jay Leno. I see. Okay, okay yeah, so, so we don't have men talk here. No, so. we have a guy wearing a bunch of denim jackets and talking to you about his cars. Yeah, boring. <laughs> and uh, um, entertaining kids who've been turned into comic book superheroes with bug themes. Uh, but he was also on an episode of Agents of Shield. Oh, yeah we're uh, we're not going to go into we're not going to veer sharply into Big Bad Beetleborg. That's right. I refuse. <laughs> I mean, not that I want to watch that. I can't imagine it has aged well with the bad editing matching together different shows. Uh, he's also one of Tommy Lee Jones's guys in The Fugitive. Mm-hmm. Huh. He's the one who gets killed in the sequel. Mm-hmm. There was a sequel? Yes, uh, U.S. Marshals. Oh. Oh, that was... Whatever. That rings a bell. 
Well, see, it, it doesn't have Harrison Ford in it. Well, no. I wouldn't imagine so. As he is no longer the fugitive. It's a different fugitive who I believe is Wesley Snipes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think I didn't realize that movie was a sequel to The Fugitive. Mm. It's, it's kind of amusing, because there was a bit in The uh, in the Fugitive where Joe Pantoliano's character was going to get killed, and he convinced them to leave that, to let him live in case there was a sequel. <laughs> and, and then he's and, not in the sequel? And Harrison Ford was like, there's not going to be a sequel to this movie. <laughs> and then there was a sequel, and Joey Pants was in it. Oh, he was. And oh. Harrison Ford was not. No, he was not. Yeah, uh, Daniel Roebuck, who is, uh, he's, he's given a bit of personality to Malodor here, where he's just kind yeah. of, he's kind of very, a sort of, he doesn't want to be bothered with these Autobots. No, hmm. he's, he's got stuff to do. He's got important things going on that is not being hassled by these Autobots. It's, it's, again, it's another heist crew. Yeah. Yay! What's their M.O.? Their M.O. is their good. And also their skunks. <laughs> I mean, they're bad guys. Yes. But I guess they're good at being skunk heist people. Yes. So they, the Autobots all get sprayed with this unpleasant looking green goo. It's, yeah, mm. it's bright green. It. I'm kind of surprised they didn't go with stink lines coming off of it, but yeah, apparently but it not. does not stink. No, well, it's like robot old factory sense has always been a iffy thing. That if it's mentioned, it's mentioned in one episode in passing, and then never comes up again. Hey, it's mentioned in uh, the first uh, live action movie. Yes, the first live action uh... movie. It, it comes up. I think Ratchet also says it in. Prime you know what point? else is mentioned in the first live action movie is urination. So <laughs> yes. I'm not, I'm not giving it a lot uh, of credit for anything, honestly. I mean, listen, they all have noses. I think we can imagine that they can smell stuff. Hey, yeah, but, this is aligned continuity. Yeah, there are no noses in this series, which I mean, they, makes sense they why they have it smell. things where their noses would be. That's, yeah, but it's only like the base of the nose at the top. There's no, Nose part of the nose. They're Krillins with head crests. Yes. <laughs> and he uh, famously does not have a nose. Yes. How does My Krillin smell. has no nose. How does he smell? Terrible. Terrible. But he doesn't smell. It's how he wins a fight. <laughs> because he can't smell. Anyway, so their eyes all go super dilated, and these guys just decide to steal Grimlock. Yeah, like, their logic is, we'll steal the biggest one so they'll notice he's gone, basically, He'll their strongest the, one, but... The biggest, I guess it's most impressive if they've taken the largest one hostage, but also if you're going to do that, make sure you're actually capable of... Yeah, it's, it's a hassle, like, three of them one carry and yeah, can the, barely get yeah, out the, of Yeah, this door. episode was written by somebody who'd never had to move a couch. Yeah. <laughs> and Grimlock is like a couch who's mad at you. I mean, to be fair, it doesn't work. It's, no. It's not the writer's lack of logic, it's the character's lack of logic. Yeah. Yeah, so they just drag him into the elevator and leave. Meanwhile, in the next dimension, Prime's just fighting these guys. He turns into his truck mode and kind of mows some of these minicons down, which is cool. And his transformation is dubious at best. Like, Well, yes. The he does top- have a toy that kind of does this. 
Well, he's in the afterlife. Yeah, like, th- there's a scene when he transforms back to robot, like, the entire upper back half of the trailer becomes his shoulders, like, they just suck away half the trailer. <laughs> you don't need to obey the proper laws of physics in the afterlife. I guess, but he gets a toy, and it's probably going to be the same transformation. I th- I think it more or less is. I, th- I think the yeah. trailer is mostly his legs. Yeah, but, like, it, it just, it... Like, the transformations in this show are reasonably good enough. You're cheating here and there, like normal stuff, but this is, like, the most... <clears throat> that should not work that way, and it's filmed, like, from the back of the trailer, so it just makes it look more bad. Yes. But it, I, it's... It's nowhere near as bad as Beast Wars Dinobot transformation. Well, no. That was amazing magic that makes no sense. <laughs> that was just like, that was some, some T2000s changing oh, yes. there. That was just liquid metal. He just turned to mercury. Knives and rotating blades. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, and Prime's, you know, he's constantly telling Micronus, you know, listen, I've got this sword, how do I shot web... I mean, it's a sword, you hit things with it. Well, I mean, that's, it's, it's got, it's so big though, it's gotta do another thing. Yeah, it is fancy. Swords that fancy don't just do the cutty. They, they also have to do like a magic. Yes. Yeah, we, uh, we cut back to the dam, the, the skunkticons are gone. Um, you know, once again, we're fighting, but Bumblebee finds his still point. And he finds that Grimlock left in the trail by being enormously destructive. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. He was just thrashing around, so they're following the trail of, like, dents in the wall. Yes. Of course, they have broken the elevator, so they have to uh, pull some uh, some diehard shenanigans and sort of haul themselves up. Yes. And so, uh, so they get there. There's a standoff, and it looks like Bumblebee's sort of trying to negotiate here. But then Grimlock hears that the Autobots are there and immediately gets up and stomps on all these uh, Decepticons. And also crashes into the dam controls and initiates automatic dam flood killing everybody in the city. Basically like a self-destruct, but but worse. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I, he I don't just, think dams actually have these. He just, he like, is suddenly alert. He's just like thrashing around and knocking them around with his tail. It's like, can you see me? <laughs> can you hear me? <laughs> oh, let's see this. So oh, dam releases. Everybody dies. Had it underlined and everything. Yeah. <laughs> so he basically rescues himself here, but then just makes things worse by... Just flailing blindly at everything. And then they all get skunked again. Yes. Except B. Yes. Also, the computer is also the special guest, according to IMDb. That's what? right. Daniel Roebuck, also doing, like, the automatic damn voice. Oh. That that happens a lot on this show. I, yeah. I think next time... I think next time Fracture shows up, uh, Kevin Pollock also plays, like, a fairy captain or something. <laughs> oh. My cats are loudly wrestling in the hallway next to my desk, so I apologize if there are just sounds of them body slamming each other. Yeah, it sounds like somebody slammed into a garbage can or something. Yeah, well, my large adult son is 18 pounds, and I have hardwood floors, so when he starts roughhousing with his sisters, it keeps me up all night when I need to be up 
to work early in the morning. Uh, that's why I like carpets. They're a pain, but it muffles some noise. <laughs> Someday. I'll get some rugs. So, so meanwhile, in the, in the realm of the primes, uh, one of these humans just gets, gets, just gets straight up murdered. So like, yeah. why would humans, like, okay, so I was like, could humans even like be in the Transformers afterlife? Uh, and, and then I remembered the end of Revenge of the Fallen, uh, and then I woke up half an hour later bleeding from my nose. <laughs> oh no. Ah, <laughs> uh, that movie. <laughs> but yes. Unfortunately, Optimus Prime does not have a sock for a maker. <laughs> I suppose there is precedent for humans being able to be present in the Transformers afterlife. Yes. Uh. But anyway, yeah, so these humans are dead. Well, just yes. one, so... Like all but one of them just gets just gets murdered. I mean, they, they, they sort of dissolve into red. Yeah. They become red mist, which... Red, that's... It's choice. It really kind of does... Huh? I mean, and, and you see it more in a moment when there's one from a little closer up, but it really does look like they're de-resing and not, like, being yeah. disintegrated. So, like, yeah, Prime, I, I, come I've on. seen Tron, guys. Wake up, Prime. Come on. <laughs> he's, he's just, he's got, like, brain fog from being dead. Uh-huh. And then he just, he's just getting his ass kicked by these, uh, by these minicons yeah, well, he, and this headless robot. He does manage to destroy two minicons, I think. He does kill two of them, yes. But they still outnumber right. him. They get his butt There's kicked. one human child left who is running, running from the minicons. Yeah. So we we cut back to uh, the dam. There's there's a great line here where, um. Where strong arm orders sideswipe to flank something, and he tells her that you flank it, Flankenstein. <laughs> yes! And he's like, seriously, she's a monster. Flankenstein. <laughs> was... It's like they, they're, they're flanking like the uh, elevator doors. Yes. And yes, you flank it, Flankenstein. And, and, and I'm just thinking of uh, the 30 Rock gag where Jack tells Liz Lemon, a lesbian Frankenstein called. She wants her shoes back. <laughs> But I, I also like that he has to, to clarify his joke by pointing out that she's being a monster. <laughs> so, but Bumblebee, he is the one in charge for a reason. And so he, he finds his still point. He's the adult. Tames the beast within. And he is transformed. <laughs> Wait, no, sorry, wrong show. Oh, no. Ah, uh, no, he, he realizes that what he... Okay, so... He has to prioritize. The Skunkticons are running away, but they're also slow as sh- slow as hell. <laughs> yes. The dam is is gonna break, but there's a countdown, so I still have time. My teammates are morons, <laughs> and there's a giant open window in this automated dam that they're about to fall out of. And Grimlock's just flailing around, like, "Come to my voice." <laughs> <laughs> And it, it is a lovely view uh, from this dam here that nobody yeah. gets to enjoy. I think yeah. my favorite thing about Grimlock in this is that we get these POV shots of his vision being, like, impaired. And, like, mm. the other characters get shot by this stuff, too. 
the degree to which he is freaking out about it is clearly like way above and beyond what is actually relevant to the situation. <laughs> like yeah. he is freaking out about it way more than he needs to. <laughs> yes. Uh, but yes, it's a very pretty window that no one gets to see because it's an automated dam. Maybe they have like a uh, live webcam up there just showing the view. Uh, I mean, they've got like some peregrine falcons or uh, <gasps> some ravens or something. Ooh, bird nest. Nest cam. <laughs> oh, God, I love nest cams. Spring. Every spring. So he get, he get, he gets them away from the edge. Then he calls Fix It. Fix It. How do I fix this dam? <laughs> They do. And he figures it out. And, and again, it does, because this is a dam that they have been paying a lot of attention to, because uh, Steeljaw, uh, they do have the schematics for it, and I guess Fixit has just hacked into their computer already, because, yeah, he's he's on top of it once he is told he needs to be on top of it. Well, they've been there before, maybe he's yes, got a Yes, he's like, oh no, it's going to flood immediately. Oh, well, I, yeah, I guess you should have mentioned that. Mm. Okay, I've set up a back door, but now I'm all I'm getting is that guy from Seinfeld who's telling me that I don't know the magic word. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, they fixed the dam. So now it's time to go down this tunnel and find these slow-ass skunkticons. Only we're going down the tunnel that's parallel to the other tunnel that they went down because Bumblebee remembers the map of this place because they've been there before. Yes, and Grimlock does not like this because he doesn't like small, dark places, and he's also worried that there might be a cat in there. <laughs> yeah, Grimlock's afraid of cats? Okay. That is going to come up in a couple of episodes. Ah, uh, oh. okay. I'm just trying to remember, was there any cat Decepticons? And I don't I don't remember. think so. No, I think he's just afraid of Earth cats. I mean, oh. they could be scary if you're from another planet. No, cats aren't scary. Earth cats are not scary. They're good babies. <laughs> They're little contained demon spirits, but they, they shouldn't be... A, a giant robot dinosaur should not be afraid of cats. <laughs> yes. Well, it's it's like that uh, that veterinary textbook that was sort of circling around on the internet a while back that tells you not to fight with cats. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like, you may be smarter than the cat, but the cat has no sense of self-preservation <laughs> and is faster than you. Yes. <laughs> you know, don't fight the cat. Use your brain. Use drugs. <laughs> Squish the cat. Oh. Squish that cat. Anyway, meanwhile, in the home for infinite losers, <laughs> Micronus is all, hey, Optimus, you big dummy. Uh, remember, you know, there was, uh, there was like a challenge here, right? Remember? remember? Go up the damn hill. Yes, remember what I said at the beginning of this before I distracted you with a bunch of absolutely unreasonable humans. What did I say, Optimus? What did I tell you to do? Go to the oh, top gotta, of the hill. I gotta climb, gotta climb this. And he, he's probably very, you know, self-righteous about this. You know, humans are our friends, not playthings. Yeah, he's like getting super mad at this tiny god about this. Hmm. So he gets up there. There's like a stone carving of a sword that allows him to access the, the sword's full power. It's a very pretty pedestal. Yes. And it, it zaps these robots. Everything fades away. And it was all, it was all on the holodeck, Optimus Prime. Yeah. Those humans were not real. You do not need to blow yourself up. And he has his dramatic Peter Cullen moment. So, oh, the yes. humans, none of them were real. But why? It's like, no, Optimus. Uh, 
It's a very but, weird setup, and, and this whole thing has been a parallel to Bumblebee. Like, it's about getting focus, and, oh, what is it, the saying the Bumblebee repeats that Optimus Prime told him? Something about center of a hurricane is calm or whatever the crap, but they're not saying hurricane. That's, uh, I've got the line here, just a sec. The center of the storm is always still, and it's easiest to find a solution from there. Yeah, and, like, Bumblebee has been doing that this entire episode, whereas Optimus Prime is bad at it. Well, I, again. I mean, the thing is, I, I kind of like that Prime isn't, like, totally infallible here. I, I like it too, but it just seems like, like, the Prime in Prime was, like, all serious and, and speechy and stuff and stiff, but it, it seems like death has weakened him. He's not good at anything well, anymore. Well, that's what often happens when you die. I guess it, it just, when you like die, it's set up, setting up a parallel, but the parallel makes Prime look a lot lesser in comparison to Bumblebee, which I do like. But it's Optimus <laughs> See, Prime. It seems like an odd was, take. This is the sequel. Optimus has lost all the power ups that he gained in his previous life, <laughs> and now he's starting from scratch again, and he's got to go beat all the new villains and get their power ups. And, uh, I get yeah. all year. What I'm saying is, death was a level reset for him. <laughs> yeah, but but also like the entire hollow deck setup he's in is very ill defined, whereas things are very clear for Bumblebee. Yes, I mean that is the part of it. I mean, you know, Prime doesn't quite know what is real and what's not, whereas Bumblebee knows that these Skunkticons are obviously real. And I suppose if you're in, like, the afterlife, maybe you don't have any reason to think that these humans are fake. These humans are some kind of simulation. Maybe you think that a god whose ways may be obtuse to you might very well just bring these humans here because, you know, they're not, you're not their god. Yeah, how, how can mirrors be real when our eyes aren't real? Yeah. And part of the problem is, like, it seems like Micronus might be, like, the last of the Primes to be testing Optimus. So, like, we Mm. haven't seen stuff before. Yeah, I can't remember if we get to see the other Primes or not. No, but it's implied, like, at least some of the other Primes have tested him. Yes. And we're, like, in the middle of the story and we have no context, like, what he's been through before. So, so what, so Micronus, you must tell me, what is the deal with that Onyx Prime guy? Like, is that his hog or what? <laughs> oh, that that piece of artwork is just so weird. Like, oh, it's well rendered. Like, it's a tail, right? <laughs> Please tell me it is his tail. It's a front hoof. It's just like there's a thing. Art is a lot about placement and lining up lines and trying not to line up things to cross over. And th- that's one of those cases. Like, you need a third person to look at it. Yes. Before anybody sees it. Also, why did he sound like Shockwave doing a funny voice? <laughs> uh, this is also why you flip your art. That's just like a coincidence, right? <laughs> yes. Uh, anyway, so cut back to the dam. The Autobots do indeed bust through this tunnel like Kool-Aid Man, cutting off the Skunkticons, and they get beat up. 
Oh, we, we, we keep talking about the, the official artwork of Onyx Prime. That's why the thing keeps coming up. For context, yes. go to the wiki. Look, look up Onyx Prime. It's mm-hmm. odd. Yes. Also, you can read, like, the Generation 1 continuity family stuff about him and be like, what the hell is all of this? <laughs> and that is a reasonable response, and you should not feel like you are overreacting. Oh my yes. god, I just looked at it again for the first time in a long time, and that is clearly <laughs> a raging boner. Yeah, it's like it's that, that one um, Dreamwave cover. It, yeah, it, it's a knee hoof of his uh, right front leg of, of his centaur mode. But yeah, it's like that one raging hard-on minicon sword from a Dreamwave Armada comic. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say it looks like um, uh, that one Star Wars trading card where C-3PO looks like he has a uh, a gleaming golden boner. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's- like from the 70s. It's like a loose part of his costume, but it looks hilarious. Yeah. So, yeah, the problem is that he's like a centaur, but it's it's a shot of him from the front on and he's and like, he's like rearing, rearing up he's rearing back so his front legs are up and yes one of his front legs just the knee just looks like a big phallic head yeah and yeah it looks like a boner it's not it's and not great someone needed to look at this and say dude he looks like he's got a boner and by someone i mean probably aaron archer aaron what were you doing probably everyone on so many levels because well Part of the problem is, like, he's monochrome, but not quite monochrome. He's mostly gray with a little bit of bronze. But there's no real differentiation between the legs and his torso. Right. Enough to tell that. So he's, like, grayscale, effectively. So it looks weird. And we don't know he's supposed to be a centaur from his pose, because you don't really see his left front leg. At first, you think, oh, that's part of his left arm. It's... Yes. Context... (laughs) Like, the legs should be a different color. They should be bronze. Mm. Yeah. Yes. Uh. Oh, man. So, so yeah, that is it for Out of Focus. And, uh, you know, it's kind of a weird episode, because the the prime part doesn't really connect to anything that's happened in the first several episodes. It'll be more important towards the end of the season. Yeah, that really does kind of seem to come out of nowhere and not really tie into anything else happening in any discernible way. So it's it's a little yeah. weird. It we yes. should have I mean, in a previous assume. episode in a previous episode when when like Ghost Optimus was talking to Bumblebee, it should have cut back to him Optimus in this death realm for at least like a little scene to set this up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cuz as it is this this Optimus stuff, other than paralleling Bumblebee badly, like really doesn't belong in the episode. It's it, it's it's a B plot, but acting like an A plot. But it's not as interesting as the goofy skunk part of the episode. No, because it doesn't have robot skunks. Yeah, in it. yeah. everything is better with robot skunks. Everything. So, speaking of uh, things that also don't have robot skunks in them, I believe that brings us to David's Tokusatsu Corner. It, it'd be funny if this one did happen to have a robot skunk as, like, the monster. Good rule. There there have been monster skunks in Sentai. I can't offhand but, think of what series. Do they have Probably skunks in Japan? Uh, that is a good question. I don't know. I would say probably I mean, not, but it's are. possible that they would 
Unless they were introduced uh, as pets like raccoons. Yes. Yeah, I wouldn't imagine like, that. Oh, we, oh, we really blew this one. Oh, this was a bad idea. <laughs> this was a mistake. Oh, oh no. Let's, let's have a quick Google and just check. Uh, no, yeah, no, uh, Wikipedia. North and South America. Yes, so. Wikipedia ah. specifically lists them as North and South American mammals. Uh, mm-hmm. so. They well, have badgers. Oh, I see. Oh. While related to polecats and other members of the weasel family, skunks have as their closest old world relatives the stink badgers. <laughs> stink badgers. Oh. Okay. Stink badgers. <laughs> I was not aware of stink badgers. Those, those guys need better press. <laughs> well, Japan at least does have a Japanese badger, which uh, sometimes is called an anuguma, which means whole bear. Okay. As in they dig a hole and they're sort of bear-shaped. Ah. Right. Sort of like the wash bears. Yeah. Oh, wash bears. Oh, yes, wash bears. Okay, okay anyway, so, um, Toku. Yes, yes uh, this week on Kuku Sentai, go, go, five! Break the infinity chain! Oh, well, the infinity chain card. Thanos? No, no, sadly, no Thanos. Okay. Anyway, so, so the, the card... It's been absorbing attacks of the Rangers is almost entirely filled up. We gotta send one more monster out. Well, the bad guys gotta send one more monster out. And Salamandines, uh, creates, uh, the dragon warrior Sima Beast Lizardies! Who. Is that, is that like Dr. Emilio Lizardo? Uh, no, he's just, um, he looks a lot like Salamandines, which is kind of annoying and unfortunate. Like, he doesn't have the wings, and he's not as dragon-themed. He's slightly lizard-themed. But his body is mostly, like, red scale-looking with a white human face stuck in the front of it. Oh. Which, like, they look to... At first glance, you'd think, oh, they just had a second Salamandine suit and changed it a little. But no, it's it's a completely different suit with, like, blue armor on, and he's got a shield and a sword. But they're really too similar, which is annoying, visually. Hmm. Anyway... Well, they make the monster, they send it out. Meanwhile, with the rangers, uh, the blue rangers trying to figure out a new weapon to defeat the monster, cause like, oh, it's been absorbing our attacks and our, most of our weapons are useless against the monster, so we have to come up with a new weapon. But then Red's like, no, we could just use willpower to overcome them. It's like, no, Will, with this, this is not a cartoon. We need reasonable solutions. Although this is a show for little children, so it undercuts that and whatever. <laughs> Willpower could work. Just not this time. So they go out, they fight the monster that showed up, which none of their attacks are doing crap against it. Until the Red Ranger, like, sneaks behind the monster by running headfirst at it and then just sort of jumps over it. Gets behind the monster. Salamandines is also there, tries to attack the Red Ranger. The Red Ranger dodges, hits his lizard monster minion, and causes a wound on its belly. Oh, and then the Rangers attack that, and it hurts. So I wouldn't call that willpower. That's just dumb luck, kind of. (laughs) That's not a quality to be heralded by children's cartoons. No, so the bad guys retreat temporarily until Salamandines could get the lizard to drink his blood to heal his wound so he can go back out. Whatever. And the rangers are planning. Blue is is like worrying about, oh, I need to make a new weapon, but what can I make that's good enough? Because 
then that weapon will just be absorbed by the the next monster. And this is a never ending cycle of, oh my God, I can't design weapons fast enough. And then Kyoko comes back. Yes, we have the adorable voice actress of Asuka. One more time, she brings steamed meat buns from, I think it's her, I think her character is like her parents run a bun shop or something. And he, mm. he brings snacks in through the Blue Ranger who's like, he's angsting. And then she's like, why don't you just shoot the monster into space? And he's like, oh shit, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> that would solve the problem. So Kyoko saves the day. But the rest Yay. of the episode is like the Blue Ranger explains to the other rangers like, oh no, we need to use this new super TNT. It's a thousands of times stronger than normal explosives. And they're like, really? That might blow up the planet. It's like, no, no, this is cool. And then they trick the monsters into following them in a truck where they think there's a, a giant explosive. But then they open the truck and it's like, there ain't shit in here. It's like, then they lock them in the truck and then they're going to have their astrotrain robot drag them up into space and get rid of them. Ooh. It's like, hey, that plan almost worked. Except it's the monster and the bad guy's butler bug. And the monster says, here, take my sword and stab me to kill me, and then turn me into a giant so we can get out of here. And the bug's like, okay. Does it. <laughs> breaks the truck. Sure. Giant monster. And, and then the rangers have to fight it. And they do through whatever using old robot. The, the, the new robot grabs the sword of the old robot, which didn't work in defeating the monster and has a new attack. And instead of victory prominence, it says Mars prominence. And it's like, okay, you change the attack. Fine. It works, whatever, but it doesn't kill the monster. It just heavily wounds it. And then they just grab the monster, fly into space. I didn't know that robot could do that. And chuck it into the sun. Is it needed to for this episode? Therefore, it can do that. Yes, basically. I mean, the the compo- component parts of that robot can fly, mm-hmm. but I don't remember seeing that robot on its own fly in previous episodes. <laughs> it's just, it can do that now. And, and the day is saved thanks to Kyoko's idea of just chuck it into space. <laughs> and it worked. Ah. <sighs> Oh, uh, oh, but the, 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 what I thought was only going to be in one episode, the English cover of the opening theme song came back in the final fight with the monster. So it has been used at least twice. I wasn't sure it would ever show up again. But there it was. So this Mm. episode, as I mentioned last time, the middle episode was saggy. The last episode was okay. Of the three part arc. Good. I mean, it's the last part of the arc, so they have to actually conclude things and not just kill time for an episode. Yes. Uh, So, that that does it for this episode. We'll be back next week with more Robots in Disguise. But until then, you can find us all over the internet. We are on Facebook, we are on Twitter, and we have a Patreon. Yes, we are hosted on iaconunderground.net, where we have a Patreon set up for hosting and other expenses. That is at patreon.com slash Iacon Underground. Uh, for, for the month of November, we are going to be doing something. Uh, honestly, by the time this episode goes live, we will probably have figured out what. Yes, hopefully. But, uh, in the meantime, for as little as a dollar a month, you can get access to all of our previous monthly episodes. 
Uh, that includes, for instance, last month's uh, Halloween episode where we watched an episode of Inhumanoids. Uh, also other exciting 80s things from earlier episodes, uh, including some GoBots, which is always something. Uh, lots of movies from back when there were movies. Uh, someday yep. there will be movies again. Uh, and yeah, definitely a lot of content for as little as a dollar a month. That's right. So until next time, when I am not drinking Merlot, I'm Rob. I'm Jen. I'm Paul Giamatti. Oh, next time is our 250th episode. Oh, Yay, that's too many episodes. I'm gonna die now. <laughs> And, and it'll just be a regular episode because I can't think of anything dramatic to do. <laughs> yeah. We'll save it for 300. Yeah. Maybe. Do we have to watch 300? No. We don't need to spend the movie again. Mm, how about 300 Rise of an Empire? I never I saw, saw that, that in the theaters twice. Wow. I did not. That's the one we Not on purpose. <laughs> not on purpose. Not on purpose. Well, it was, a th- I mean, my terrible weakness is that if you ask me to go to the movies, I will say yes. That's, uh, that's fair. And so I had two separate friends ask me to see that movie on two separate occasions. <laughs> and I went both times. Wow. Okay. It's, uh, it's real bad, but <laughs> Eva Green is it and it is in it and she is hella naked. Ooh. Oh, that, that, that is I'm cool. interested. I'm on yeah. board. Oh, uh, right. so stop it. Yeah, we're, there we go. Stop.